Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. Don't got anything fun today. (laughs) Well, we've made it to week two talking about singleness. Some of y'all are feeling better about your singleness. Some of y'all are feeling worse that you are single. Hopefully after today, you'll be feeling like, okay, I have purpose. This is not this is not like the end of the world. In fact, there's actually a lot of good fruit that could be had in in this season. Um, but before we get there, y'all don't even know the question I'm about to ask. I want to know, what is the cheesiest pickup line that you've either used or has been used on you? Cheesiest pickup line. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, yes. That's <laughs> well, great. I know. Let's go. I love I'm that. excited. When I, I love Eileen's dating stories. <laughs> I've got a few. Um, when I was in, oh gosh, sophomore year of high school, Twitter was a big deal, okay? And this guy slid into my DMs, okay? And he was he was a baseball player, okay? And he sends Ooh. a picture of like someone sliding into like a base or something. And it literally just said, sliding into your DMs, dot, dot, dot. And that was it. And I said, hi. <laughs> how, the how response many, was, And then hi. we dated for nine months. <laughs> so it worked. Yes. Guys. Legend. That man's a legend. <laughs> Gentlemen out there. Take notes. This worked. Um, that, how many how many eyes did you have in your high response? Oh, you know, I could try and go back and look if I, you know, but dig it was, up the old it was Twitter account. More than <laughs> Probably. one. Probably. Okay. It did work for sophomore year of high school. Eileen would not work again. Just just letting you know. <laughs> okay. Good to, good to know. Um, mine was also sophomore year of high school. <laughs> Some, I think mine might be sophomore year. No, <laughs> Here's the deal. Sophomore year of high school, you're starting to get a little more bold. And so you just kind of send it with stuff like this, which is exactly what I did. Uh, there was sophomore year of high school. Um, we at our high school, if you're on the football team, you would basically have a, uh, you'd be like matched with a cheerleader, basically like the cheer team did this and they would like, get you stuff during like the season. And then there, whenever you'd have like rally events and stuff, you'd be paired for different things like that. And so you basically would have like a cheerleader that you were paired with the whole year. Well, anyways, there's a senior cheerleader that was like, you know, she's like captain of the cheer squad. Like, Hey, she's the one to go after. Oh yeah. And all, all the boys were talking like, like, Oh, you know, there's, there's no way you could go get her, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. And so on a whim, I walked down the hall around the corner. She's standing there locker talking to her friends and I literally, in the most cheesy way I can, trying to be funny, do the, you know, throw an arm up on the locker, oh kind of kick a foot goodness. up and say, hey, I heard you're going to be my cheerleader. Mm. And then we started dating for like six months. No! <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Book out. Dang. The, a sophomore the king, senior. Look at the you. king of Gravit High School. <laughs> the only reason I told that was to flex. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It worked. Uh, mine actually, now that I'm thinking about it, might have been junior year, but let's just say sophomore year just for yeah, fun. Yeah. I uh, We went to the movies. This is terrible, but it was like four of us friends, but like I had this crush on, on this girl and I happened to sit next to her, not randomly. I, I made that happen, <laughs> that I was sit, sitting next to her 
And during the movie, I'm like, okay, I got to like, I've got to shoot my shot. Like in the middle of the movie, I can't remember what movie it was. And so I did the cheesy, cheesy, cheesy. I tried, I like turned, leaned over to her. I said, Hey, if you were a pirate, oh. would you have your parrot on this shoulder? And I, I touched like the shoulder closest to me or this shoulder. And then I put my arm around her and the movie had just gotten like uh, really loud. <laughs> and she turns to me and goes, what'd you say? <laughs> As my arm is like around her and I go, no, never mind. And I take my <laughs> arm. <back. laughs> that that's a that's Yikes. a good one. That's cringy. I've heard so you bad. make. I've heard you say that joke before, and I didn't realize it was coming from experience. It actually, it actually happened. We did not date, oh. so that was not a success story like the two of y'all. Um, this one is not even cheesy. It's just so cringe that it made me avoid this guy. Like oh, no. I literally never spoke to him again. Like if I saw him coming down the hall, I would like go the other way. Like I did not want to see him again, but, um, I was sitting in class and this guy that I maybe had two conversations with, like didn't really know his name even came up to me and he goes, he goes, Hey baby, sign seal delivered. And he smacks his note down on my desk and makes a kissy face at me. That like me literally, oh. literally. That sounds Sign like a, sealed a character of a movie. What did the note say? It said, and we were way too old for this. Way too old for this. He said, go on a date with me. Yes, no. Boxes. Like we were literally in elementary school. And Which if you like this guy, you would have been, the story would have been totally different. You'd be telling this at your wedding. Uh, like, yeah. oh, this was like the cutest thing. The fact that he was no. kind of creepy was like. No, it was the kissy face. He literally was like, <laughs> and like walked away. Gross. Disgusting. That not is a lot of again. confidence. Yeah, no. Mm. Well, what I have learned from uh, cringy pickup lines is that you have a 50-50 shot based on the <laughs> statistics in this room. It is a small sample size, but but that is true. <laughs> it, it is a 50-50 shot for sure. And so last week, if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, I'd go ahead, go back and listen to that. Last week, we kind of gave this like big overview of like, what's the purpose of singleness? How do you stay content in singleness? The Bible talks about singleness as a gift so what does that even mean? How is it a gift? How do we kind of change our perspective and view it like that? Today is going to be just as much practical application as possible. And so this will be mainly for the people out there that are in a season of, of singleness right now. And we want to kind of answer the questions, okay, if all that's true, if singleness is a gift, if I'm supposed to be content in that, then what does that actually look like? And so I'm just going to kind of open it up with a very vague question and see where y'all take this. What is some practical application for the single Christians out there to live in such a way that their singleness honors Jesus? Go. Go. Um, I was, whenever I was thinking about this part two topic, I was just going back to... First Corinthians seven, which we dove into last week talking about where Paul uses this language of singleness being a gift. And one of the things that he says um, to the Corinthian church is, and obviously this is not around dating necessarily, um, but he, he tells them to 
kind of remain in this circumstance that they've found themselves in. And so he even gives like a really strong challenge to those who are in like bond servanthood. They're like, hey, remain there. Don't don't try to get out. And then, you know, he's giving um, instructions to their masters and things like that. And then he tells them, but if your masters give you a chance to get out, you should take it. Uh, and so it's kind of like an extreme almost, or at least what we might think of as an extreme situation of like, oh my gosh, if I'm in that situation, I should seek to stay there and figure out how to honor the Lord. And so um, if we think about, okay, what circumstance are we in? Uh, we're talking about singleness. So one, one circumstance is that you, you are single, you are not married. Um, and then even as we use it a lot, it's like maybe you're not dating somebody. That is a circumstance. But also what circumstance are you in as far as the rest of your life? Are you in college, like in classes? What classes are you in? Are you in a fraternity or sorority? Are you on a sports team? Who are your friends? Uh, and basically just like kind of taking inventory as to what your circumstance is in life. Because I think if you think more um, intentionally about those circumstances, you're going to see a lot more opportunity uh, for ways to honor God with that. And so if you're thinking, okay, my circumstances, I'm a college student and I'm a part of Fellowship Bible Church in Fayetteville. It's like, okay, well, if I'm part of Fellowship Bible Church, what are ways that I can engage this circumstance? Think through like serving, think through the people who are there. It's like, oh, I actually have talked to this person. I would love to go grab coffee with them and, and you know, maybe get, get a friendship going there. Um, it's really, I think, just taking uh, the, what you have in front of you in life and like making something with it. Because most often whenever, uh, at least a lot of people <clears throat> that I've seen where they would even say, hey, I feel like I'm not like content in singleness. I'm not doing singleness well, quote unquote. Uh, it's because the, the mindset is so wrapped up into getting out of singleness that you miss all of those other opportunities yeah. that they're just, it's just life. But if you can get to a point where you're more intentionally seeing your circumstance, which almost sounds like, is that even like an actual step you can take? Uh, but I actually did that. Somebody gave me this advice. It was like, hey, just think through really intentionally those circumstances. And as I started doing that, I just started seeing more and more opportunity to engage with the people around me, with the opportunities that I had, and really experience even more fullness of life out of that. Yeah, that's so good. And we t we kind of talked about this last week, but I, I, I do think it's important to, to emphasize again, just because this, this contentment piece is kind of like at the crux of how to make the most out of singleness. And I had I read a book by Philip Keller, no relation to Tim, uh, about it's uh, the shepherd's guide to Psalm 23. And he when he's talking about uh, the 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 verse that says he makes me lie down in green pastures, he he's giving the perspective of a shepherd saying, Hey, a good shepherd recognizes how dumb his sheep are and also recognizes that that sheep have the tendency to to only look ahead to only look forward and so when a shepherd's kind of leading them out to the pasture so they can eat they'll lead them to this green pasture but the sheep will never look down that they're in green pasture they're always looking oh i see the green pasture up there and so without a good shepherd without a shepherd sheep have actually died of starvation while being in green pastures because they're like, oh, okay, once I see the green pasture up there, not realizing that they're standing in it. Mm. And so part of what, what like the purpose of making them lie down 
is that they're forced to realize, oh my gosh, I'm I'm in green pastures. When they lie down, they see, oh, this is actually a good place right now, not just what's ahead. And I think it's so, so important for us to see like our human tendency to do the same thing that we're constantly like human nature, constantly looking once I make it to this next season, then I'll be content. Once I make it there, then I'll find purpose and identity and I'll, I'll, I'll trust the Lord. Not realizing that he's actually brought, he's, he actually has led us to a good place right now. And what's going to happen if we don't find contentment now in the season that we're in now, whether you're single, dating, engaged, married, if you don't find contentment now, when you do get that boyfriend or girlfriend, when you do get married, when you do have kids, when you do get that dream job, when you do like have this white picket fence and this 2.5 kids and this retirement plan, when you do make it there, you're just going to continue to look ahead and and you'll never find that contentment in the green pastures right now. And so, so that's like the crux of finding purpose and uh, contentment and singleness is being, hey, the season you're in right now, there's some really, really good things for you. And so speaking to the single people, what are some of those good things right now for our, our single listeners out there? Okay, well, I want to stay on that thought for a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, just going off of what both of you said, I think, yeah, we have to even, man, calling it a season like oh like I'm, I'm in a single season like that's fine but you might stay in that season and so seasons like the definition of it is that it's going to change it might not change and so even just being aware of the the words that we're using as we are describing just what's going on in our life i think that's that's really important too and and even just when we talk about you know being content yes like the idea is there and like i'm totally following that josh um with like being content in our singleness and i know we talked about that all of like last podcast but but i think we have to be careful and understand that um sometimes when we think of being content in our singleness it's like this idea that we are almost settling or just holding off for what's to come. And, and I mean, we don't talk to our married friends and be like, Hey, how are you doing being content in your marriage? You know, like, like we don't say, because I feel like this idea of being content is like a waiting period. And, and it really is about, Hey, what's our focus? Are we just trying to grin and bear it through singleness so that we can one day get to marriage? Hopefully, you know, cross our fingers or are we looking at where the Lord has put us in this, you know, green pasture using that, that shepherding metaphor. And, and are we, you know, being in this, this time of our life, whether it be forever or whether it be like a month, you know, and are, are we saying, Lord, like, what have you given us right now to steward and how can we honor you where we're at? And I feel like that's a perspective that we have to learn how to do well and then carry throughout our entire lives. Just like you were saying, Josh, like, you know, how can we honor the Lord right now when we're single? How can we honor the Lord when we're 40 years old, whether we're married when we're 40 or whether we're single when we're 40? Um, so I just wanted to kind of take all the thoughts that you guys have been saying and just say it in a different way. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Totally. And also not being content with singleness as a means to an end. Like I hear that all the time of, um, 
people that even gave me like dating advice when I was single that were like, just, you know, be content in your singleness and follow the Lord and, um, just run after him and don't focus on finding a relationship. And then he will bring you a relationship and then you will be ready for dating once you are content in singleness. But that is not promised. Like we think it's a season, but it might be a season that is a forever season. And so it's not a means to an end and we shouldn't see contentness in our singleness, contentedness Mm -hmm. in our singleness um, as a means to be ready for a dating relationship. Yeah. It's not some like secret God code that we are trying to crack. Okay. You don't have a boyfriend yet. You don't have a girlfriend yet. Okay. Watch this. I've cracked the code. Don't think about it. (laughs) Be content where you are. At least fake it. Tell everybody. Yeah. I'm actually really content with, with being single, even though inwardly you're not content, but just tell everyone that. And then and then God will see that and he'll give you that perfect girlfriend or boyfriend that's also running after him. Oh yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm really content, guys, don't worry. It's almost like a like a pride thing, like a badge mm-hmm. of honor. Like, yeah, I'm just really content in my singleness right now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just working on me right now. This is just a season, I'm just working on me. <laughs> yes, but okay, so then to, to apply that, because mm-hmm. I know that's what we want this yeah. podcast to be more focused on. One, I think we have to be okay with grieving that, you know, like it, it is okay to acknowledge our feelings and acknowledge our desire for marriage if you are single. Um, that's okay. And I feel like so often we tell people almost to, yeah, exa- exactly that. Like, like, oh, just say you're okay, <laughs> you know, um, like it's fine. Uh, work on yourself, whatever. And, and I just want people to know that there is space to, to grieve this desire that hasn't been met. Um, and then, you know, be honest with yourself and with the Lord and, and be able to come before him and say, Lord, like, this is something I desire. I know your word says that you are greater. So help me understand that. Help me see that. And I think, the way that we're not going to get there is by, you know, being by ourselves, secluding ourselves, moping around all the time. Um, community, I think, is the greatest thing that we can can do in this space. Yeah, that's um, the on the community line. Uh, the new, Te- well, all throughout the scripture, but especially in the New Testament, it's like one of the main things that gets talked about as far as the life of a believer. It's wrapped up in community. The end of Acts 2, right after Pentecost, description of the believer's life, it's all under this umbrella of that you're doing it in community with each other. Uh, So investing in that type of community and putting yourself in circumstances to build community is huge. And I think even one specifically for um, kind of just the the demographic and the time that we're in is, uh, and I'm going to speak from, experience as far as just what I've seen and what I've experienced personally. Um, I think it's even harder. Like this is a challenge to the guys specifically. It's going to be for both, but for the guys learn how to be really good friends with girls mm-hmm. and, and not have that be any type of means to an end of like, cause then maybe potentially I might end up dating one of them. Yeah. Or the, one of their friends or one of their, yeah, exactly. Um, it's I I've, actually heard even recently from girls asking me why is it that so many guys it's like hard for them to be friends with me or hard for them to like (laughs) I see them interacting with uh, like their friend like guy friends but then whenever they interact with like us it's like it's it's not them it's like this other person almost Uh, and I think 
part of that in maybe like Christian communities might be a little a little bit of an overcorrection from like, you know, if you're, before you start following Christ, at least me and a lot of my friends, relationships with girls were very unhealthy. Um, I was friends with plenty of girls, but then there's also a lot of unhealthy relationships too. And so in an effort to have better relationships and more holy relationships, it's almost like a, I just got to step away from this for a while type thing. And then maybe you like never end up really like coming back into those friendships with girls. Um, but the thing is like even in first Timothy uh, instructions for relationships with other believers, uh, the church is supposed to be with younger women, treating them as sisters with older, older women, treating them as mothers. And so there's a call to have some type of relationship with the opposite sex, no matter the age or season of life. Um, and again, j- just for the guys out there, like, Girls want you to be friends with them. Um, having friends with the op- in the opposite sex is a really, really good thing. It is very life-giving. Uh, and so figuring out how do you have those healthy friendships, obviously this is all within the larger community context. You're probably not, or you should not have a best friend who is the opposite sex. And that's like, you're literally best friend and they know everything about you. That is, that is going too far. Um, but I do think that there's kind of like a trend right now of, almost like you can't have like good friends of the opposite sex. And then you like, don't, you don't know how to communicate with them. And then especially like if you end up asking a girl on a date, it's and this is coming from, again, experienced girls have told me this. They're like, where'd you come from? Like, who are you? Like, why are you asking me on a date? You know, it's almost like this weird, like, you don't even talk to me. Like, why are you asking me on a date now? Um, But there's just like a lot of life to have there with friends of the opposite sex. And so learning how to do that, even if you're like, honestly, I don't know how to do that find someone older than you who does and ask them um, because there's a lot of life to be found there. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, just speaking as a woman with guy friends, the perspective that is offered in that is so helpful. You know, like I have my girlfriends that I go to and, and we talk about things and we, we live life together, but being able to have guy friends as well just offers a different perspective on even just navigating situations. I mean, like two weeks ago, I ended up calling one of my guy friends and I was like, hey, how do I navigate this thing with this guy that I accidentally went on a date with? Like, like how do I? <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> yeah, it's this story for another time. But like- We're starting to find out Eileen accidentally <laughs> goes on dates with guys all the time. Hey guys, clarity's kindness. <laughs> let, me, let me throw that out there. But um, just having people, or like, you know, calling book out and being like, yo, can you help move me out of my apartment, please? <laughs> Love the truck, thank you. Um, just, <laughs> having people just be able to fill different roles um and just be able to to yeah just have friendship in different ways is really life-giving and and just something that i've been grateful for but i'm really glad jacob that you mentioned um yeah like you're not gonna have a best friend of the opposite sex um and so i'm wondering if you guys have thoughts on what it looks like to have boundaries in friendships in your singleness do you guys have thoughts on that Yes, um, it, there's a lot of ways that you can get to the point of all of a sudden you're kind of like actively best friends with the opposite sex and it just feels like real normal and natural, but then can quickly turn into maybe something that's hard and bad. Um, and so I think, like what I said earlier, always keeping the idea of community in like, think like large group community. Obviously you have like your clo- like I have about f- five or six guys who know literally everything about me based on the amount of time that we've spent. And then also me intentionally telling them 
everything about me. So there's like that, that group, um, that should not be someone of the opposite sex, uh, until you are moving towards like right before you get married and kind of on the path to marriage with the person who then will be one of those types of people where, okay, they are going to know everything about you. Um, you don't want to build the type of emotional bonding that happens with the opposite sex uh, outside of that realm of commitment to each other, which if you're only friends, there is literally no commitment. Uh, and so a lot of hurt can come from that. Um, and so I think my biggest advice is just, think think of building those types of relationships in the context of your like larger friend group i have a friend group of like i don't know 15 16 people now and we hang out like all the time and it's literally like half guys half girls i'm really close with those girls even before me and my wife got married i was good friends with them uh and we all learned how to have these like healthy um, opposite sex relationships within that type of community. I can sit there if we're all getting dinner together and have a really good one-on-one -on -one conversation with one of those girls. Uh, and it's totally normal, but I'm not like, like a boundary would be, okay, don't go like hanging out with them one-on-one -on -one all the time. Anytime you start like pairing off, unless you're trying to intentionally pursue somebody that probably is just a good boundary to never cross. Um, so yeah, kind of, stay away from pairing off and always think about doing all this in community. Yeah, I think that I think that's huge. And so for for sake of time, we're going to we're going to keep going, but if we're if we're kind of listing off like application like if you're single right now, here's some good application. Number 1, use this time to build community, both like with with guys and girls. Like build community invest in community surround yourself with people that that are committed to to your maturity that are commit that that you can do like vice versa with like this is a great opportunity every season of life you're gonna you're gonna continue to focus on community but this one i feel like is is crucial to to build that community like we're talking about with with same sex and opposite sex uh, secondly, and this is what we talked a little bit about last week, but Paul would say, use your singleness for ministry. Do not, I, again, the church has, has made this really difficult. I feel like the church has really screwed this up. Uh, ministry is not for the married people or the pastors or those people that are on staff at a church. If you are a Christian you are called to evangelism. You are called to discipleship. And so like if you're single, Paul would say you have more opportunities than anybody. And so what are some good opportunities that those that are single can, can get involved with, whether that's discipleship or evangelism? Um, I mean, serving physically in the church. Right. Like, like you said, Josh, um, people who are single, they have, what I'm not saying is they have more time than married people. <laughs> um, because just the way that people fill their times is different, but, um, you have space to 
you know, go and serve on Sunday mornings uh, when church is going on, whether that be, you know, at the coffee bar, in the parking lot, greeting people as they come in with the kids over on the other side, you know, um, different ways of serving in that sense of, of like serving in your local church. Um, but also, I mean, if you are, I know most of our people listening are going to be, you know, college students, but, um, say you're in your early thirties and you're not married. Um, you know, disciple college students, and this goes for married people too, but, but be pouring into the lives of other people. If you're single, if you are in college, go and find people who maybe are in high school and who are just figuring out what it looks like to walk with the Lord, pour into them. Um, and then just in the sense of serving the big C church, like our, our, the global church, right? I mean, we can be caring for other believers in different ways. I mean, if you have friends that are getting married and having kids, go and let your friends have a date night and and watch the kids um, and spend time with them. And, you know, I mean, spending time with children grows your patience and a lot of other things. And so, you know, take that time to, to practice that uh, spiritual growth right there. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there are things that you can be doing to serve others and glorify the Lord. So take advantage of that. And take advantage to grow in maturity in your faith as well. Like as much as you're pouring out to maybe a high school student or kids or serving in an area in church, go find also one of those older women or people that want to disciple you and sit under their leadership and mentorship and grow in your spiritual maturity, seek out those opportunities um, in classes maybe that you can take, um, things that you can be involved in at the church, like we offer classes here um, in maybe discipleship schools or something where you can be actively growing in your faith, seek out Bible studies with other women like or other men. Just take the time because you have maybe not more time in your schedule, like you said, Eileen, but you have more emotional space left open um, to work on or really spend more time in the word or spend more time assessing where you are in your walk with the Lord so you can then grow. Um, So take all those opportunities, not only to disciple other people and give of yourself, but also to be filled up um, and mentored and led by others so that you can grow in your faith because singleness is an awesome opportunity to do that. Yeah, even taking the opportunity to... uh, kind of evaluate what, what are some of the areas of ministry in life that you have a unique heart for and get plugged in serving there. Uh, and so, you know, it's like, obviously it's discipling people our age, like peers, a little bit younger, being discipled. Uh, but then it's like, if, if you have a huge heart for the nations and you might want to take the gospel overseas in some capacity, you know, saying yes to opportunities to get plugged into an international ministry like we have here or go on trips overseas for that cultural experience and to see what people who are living long-term overseas look like if it's... Um, uh, like a heart for underprivileged getting plugged in with uh, things in Northwest Arkansas or wherever you're at uh, that uh, serve the poor or the homeless community. Um, there's there's literally so many avenues of service that would be ministry, even outside of the walls of the church, that if you have this unique compassion on your heart for, 
take that time to go get plugged into that because that would even be an incredible thing that, you know, as you keep moving through life, it's like, that becomes like your thing. Maybe, you know, maybe it's like, you're just like, I know I always want to serve in X, Y, Z way and using this time while you're in college, um, especially Joanna, like you talk about like kind of the, uh, the emotion, more of the emotional freedom. Like Paul says, you're not worried about and worried about meaning concerned with not like you're fearful of or anything like that, but concerned with the state of your spouse and the responsibilities that you have to your spouse that opens you up to do a lot of those things kind of whenever you want for the most part. Yeah. And so again, just kind of sum, sum that up here three really helpful things that you can pursue while single. One, community with same sex, opposite sex. Two, ministry opportunities, discipleship, evangelism, getting involved, figuring out what am I passionate about? What are my what are my gifts? What are my skills? And then growing in in holiness and maturity. Where where is my life not conformed to the image of Jesus? Uh, what, what are the areas I want to grow in? And so here's what we're not saying. What we're not saying is once you're dating or married, you don't need to worry about these things. These are things that you'll be pursuing your entire life. You'll always be pursuing godly community. You'll always be pursuing ministry opportunities. At least you should always be pursuing ministry opportunities and we'll always be growing in holiness and maturity. The reason we talk about it with the lens of singleness is because one of the things that irks me to know, and what was the, what's the new Gen Z saying? Ick. Ick. <laughs> gives you the ick. Yeah, I just learned that last night. Gives me, one of the things that gives me the <laughs> ick, like no other, no cap. No, just kidding. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I've, lost all, I've lost all credibility. <laughs> is that the church has, has viewed these three things as means to an end. Hey, hey, pursue community, same sex, opposite sex, so that, so that you can find your spouse or, or, or go get involved in, in a ministry opportunity or service opportunity so that guy, that girl will see you serving. They'll see you investing in these kids. They'll see you leading this cell group. And they'll be like, wow, like he or she is just, man, really cares about, about those high schoolers, those middle schoolers, or even... I've heard this time and time again. Hey, I'm in a season of singleness. I'm focusing on on me. I don't want to date for X amount of months or for I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, a year of singleness so that I can grow in maturity. Can I tell you something? That is the wrong motivation. Mm. We should be pursuing community, ministry opportunities, and holiness and maturity because we want to grow in intimacy with Jesus. That should be our main goal. And if we make this all about finding that significant other, we're actually selling ourselves short. So that's like my hot take. Let's pursue these things because we want to grow in intimacy and grow our relationships with the Lord. Breach. Okay. So good. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you for, (laughs) thank you for that. So in the coming weeks, we'll be, we will talk about marriage. We will talk about dating. We'll even get to talk about kind of sexuality and a a season of, of engagement, preparing for marriage. And so stay tuned for those, but, um, until next week, grace and 
Oh no! <laughs> oh. Until next week, grace, grace and peace. And peace. <laughs>